Good evening, good evening, good evening. I want to welcome you to the Holistic Life Podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 26, 2019, and we are broadcasting live from Columbus, Ohio. I am your host for this evening, Shelby Frederick, also known as Lady Jules. In tonight's topic, we are going to be talking about seven wisdom keys to soul care. Seven wisdom keys to soul care. And I am going to uh, try to share my screen here so that you you all can see the um, PowerPoint on tonight. Let's see here. should be able to see uh, my screen here and I'm going to try to see if this comes up on my end here I am looking at my iPad to see see this. If not, we're going to go ahead and just roll with what we have here because I don't want to keep uh, our time on tonight because I do have quite a bit of content um, that I want to go over and share with us on tonight as it relates to uh, talking about uh, trauma-informed care um, is one of the things that we are going to be talking about on tonight. So I'm not going to, um, I'm just going to go ahead and get going. 
going to go ahead and get going. So just to give you a little bit of information about myself, for those of you who may or may not know, um, I am actually a licensed massage therapist by trade. I am also a certified faith-based clinical counselor, and I also am certified in the Aroma Freedom Technique as a practitioner. What we're going to be talking about on tonight is what is trauma-informed care? Uh, we are going to uh, actually define um, emotional trauma and soul care. And then we're going to take a look at seven wisdom keys uh, to soul care based off of the word of God. And then I'm going to introduce you to what I call the SAS principle, which is a personal study tool that I've developed um, that helps to guide people through their inner healing process. And this actually came out of my first book, Think Like a Champion. Hey, AIT sister, welcome tonight. Glad to have you on. And welcome to each of you that are coming on. I don't see your, um, I can see your comments if you comment on the, the live there. So our course objectives for tonight is to make sure that each of you leave with an understanding of what is trauma-informed care. We are going to um, uh, identify signs and symptoms of emotional trauma. We're going to provide some wisdom uh, keys for soul care. And then we are going to give you the, the tips on knowing when to refer uh, to professional counseling, when to refer to professional counseling. So what is trauma-informed care? What does that mean? Trauma-informed care is becoming, um, uh, means recognizing that people often have uh, many uh, different types of trauma in their lives many different types of trauma in their life. And people who have been traumatized, they need support and understanding from those that are around them. People who have been traumatized, they need support and understanding from those that are around them. Often trauma survivors can be re-traumatized by well-meaning caregivers and community service providers. The purpose of this training and this teaching on tonight is to educate our communities about the impact of trauma on clients, co-workers, friends, family, and even ourselves. Understanding the impact of trauma is an important first step in becoming a compassionate and supportive community. So when we're talking about uh, trauma, you know, this is something that we are hearing about more and more in, in society as there is becoming a greater awareness um, in the area of mental health. And my lane is, is, is specifically um, emotional wellness, emotional wellness. And so because of uh, my um, my training as a massage therapist, you know, I, I am in close proximity uh, with people and people are brought into an environment where they are uh, free. They feel free. They feel safe um, to be able to open up and to share because what I realize is that Every trauma, um, things that we have dealt with in our in our past. I, I did a, a presentation on last weekend that talked about feelings buried alive never die because the body keeps the score. I'll say that again. Feelings buried alive never die because the body keeps the score. 
and it's really the titles of, of two different books um, that I have done extensive uh, studying from. Um, but what I realized is that as a massage therapist, because I do body work, that a lot of the issues that people have in their physical body, it really can be traced back to some type of trauma um, that has really been lodged in the body. Because again, feelings buried alive never die because the body keeps the score. And so it becomes very important in, in order for, for culture and in order for society to be able to um, to be able to have a greater understanding and to be supportive. We have to be supportive. We have to be compassionate. Listen, Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. And we, especially as the body of Christ, those of us that are believers, we ought to be moved with compassion. And so we want to be compassionate and we also want to be a supportive community. Now, I want to take a look at four, actually five different trauma-informed care principles. We're gonna look at five trauma-informed care principles. Number one, safety. Number one is safety. The second principle is transparency and trustworthiness. And I really wish I had this PowerPoint up here so that you all could see this. Number three is choice. Number three is choice. Number four is collaboration and mutuality. Collaboration and mutuality. Number five is empowerment. I'm going to go through those again. These are trauma-informed care principles. It's always going to be based off of safety, transparency and trustworthiness, choice, collaboration and mutuality, and empowerment. So let's talk about safety. What does it mean, safety? Safety means including uh, creating spaces where people feel culturally, emotionally, and physically safe, as well as an awareness of an individual's discomfort or unease. Safety. We have to begin to create safe places uh, for, for people. We have to be able to have an understanding of, of being to, uh, to culturally relate to different people because different cultures experience different things. And whether you believe it or not, the things that we have experienced culturally actually are transmitted. And science shows this, uh, that it is transmitted even in our DNA. So we have to be aware when a person is uncomfortable or when there is an uneasiness when we are talking about trauma-informed care. Transparency and trustworthiness. This includes providing full and accurate information about what's happening and what's likely to happen. We cannot um, uh, cut corners or, or, or not expose or, or tell the truth, we have to be transparent. This is no time when we are talking about trauma-informed care. It's no time to be, you know, not saying the truth of what something is. And so we have to provide the full and the accurate information about what's happening and what's likely to happen. Number three, choice. Choice includes the recognition of the need for an approach that honors the individual's dignity. 
we never want to um, expose or, or make people feel ashamed. We always want to make sure that we are honoring the dignity of that individual, especially when they are coming to us and they are looking for a safe place to, to expose and to open up themselves so that they can really get the help that they need, okay? Number four, collaboration and mutuality. Now, this includes the recognition that healing happens in relationships and partnerships with shared decision-making. Collaboration and mutuality. This includes the recognition that healing happens in relationships and partnerships with shared decision-making. This is so very important. So very important. And Daneen, yes, you are absolutely correct. We should not make people feel like they are a project. They're not a project. Keep the dignity of the individual that you feel that you are led to walk through the process with them. Now, empowerment, number five, empowerment. This includes the recognition of an individual's strengths. These strengths are built on and validated. And so when we are talking about trauma-informed care principles, you always want to make sure that, that we are empowering people. Find out what their strengths are and then begin to build their life uh, moving ahead and going forward based upon those very strengths of the individual. So these are five trauma-informed care principles that you will find anytime you are working in this, um, this realm. Now, I want to talk about what is emotional trauma? What is emotional trauma? Emotional traumas can be one-time events. They can be ongoing, relentless stress. We talked about stress last week in our podcast about stop the stress. And we talked about those things in those areas of, of what happens to the body when we are under repeated stress. Now, we also, emotional trauma is also commonly overlooked causes such as surgery, especially in the first three years of life, sudden death, okay, of someone close, the breakup of a significant relationship, or a humiliating or deeply disappointing experience, especially if someone is deliber deliberately cruel. Deliberately cruel. These are commonly overlooked situations that we don't think that can cause emotional trauma, but studies have proven that they do. Emotional trauma is also coping with the trauma of a natural or man-made disaster that can present unique challenges, even if you weren't directly involved in the event. And this is proven if you just think about 9-11. 9-11 affected each and every single person that had a television, that had um, a, a radio, um, what, what have you. Uh, many people that watched, you know, the, the, the airplane, especially the second airplane, crash into the second tower, watching the towers fall. These are things that we don't think about, but natural or man-made events can cause emotional trauma in the lives of people. 
Now, let's talk about childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. Childhood trauma can result from anything that disrupts a child's sense of safety, including an unstable or unsafe environment, separation from a parent, serious illness, intrusive medical procedures, sexual, physical, or verbal abuse, domestic violence, and even neglect. This is childhood trauma and the risk of future trauma. Now, while traumatic events can happen to anyone, you're more likely to be traumatized by an event if you're already under heavy stress loads, if you have recently suffered a series of losses, or if you have been traumatized before, especially if the earlier trauma occurred in childhood. Experiencing trauma in childhood can result in a severe and long-lasting effect. When childhood trauma is not resolved, a sense of fear and helplessness carries over into adulthood, setting the stage for future and further trauma. However, even if your trauma happened many years ago, there are steps that you can take to overcome the pain, learn to trust and connect again to others, and also regain your sense of emotional balance. And we see this all of the time. We see it in the lives of, of, of an, an adult um, who may have experienced uh, maybe um, being um, abused or even just verbal abuse, as I've mentioned um, um, uh, previously. Uh, these are all events that happen. And sometimes if people are not giving the, the tools, many things we did not even know that um, that was even considered any type of trauma. We just kind of go on with life, but we find out now that many people are adult in age, but they're stuck at the trauma at which that event particularly happened. And so it becomes very, very important for us to understand and to really um, have that patience and, and to, to be transparent and, and trustworthy, to create the safe places for people to begin to open up um, about their past so that they can learn how to trust and connect to others again and to regain their sense of emotional balance. Good evening, cousin. Now, what are some symptoms of psychological trauma? There's a difference between emotional trauma and psychological trauma. So what are some of these symptoms? Emotional symptoms are things such as shock, denial, disbelief, um, confusion, difficulty concentrating, anger, irritability, mood swings, anxiety and fear, guilt, shame, self-blame, withdrawing from others, feeling sad or hopeless, feeling disconnected or numb. These are all signs of emotional um, trauma. These are symptoms. Now, some physical symptoms. Physical symptoms are insomnia or nightmares, fatigue, being startled easily, a difficulty concentrating, racing heartbeat, edginess and agitation, aches and pains, and muscle tension. So we all react to trauma in different ways. 
um, experiencing a wide range of physical and emotional reactions. So there is no right or wrong way to think, feel, or respond. So don't judge your own reactions to those of other people. Your responses are normal reactions to abnormal events. I have to say that again. Your responses are normal reactions to abnormal events. And Kina, you are so right. Um, We have adults that are literally in arrested development. They're adults by age, but by sometimes um, emotional um, state, uh, mental, mentally, they're stuck at the age in which the trauma happened. Now, how do we heal from trauma? How do we heal from trauma? Trauma symptoms typically last from a few days to a few months, gradually fading as the process, as you process the unsettling event. But even when you're feeling better, you may be troubled from time to time by painful memories or emotions, especially in response to triggers, such as the anniversary of an event or something that reminds you of the trauma. Some points to consider. Some points to consider. If your psychological trauma symptoms don't ease up or if they become worse and you find that you are unable to move on from the event for a prolonged period of time, you may be experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. While emotional trauma is a normal response to a disturbing event, it becomes PTSD when your nervous system gets stuck and you remain in psychological shock, unable to make sense of what happened or process your emotions. So it doesn't matter whether it's the the traumatic event causes or or it involves death. Uh, You as a survivor must cope with the loss, at least temporarily, of your sense of safety. The natural reaction of this loss is grief. Everybody grieves. Every loss that you encounter, there is going to be a cycle, a process of grief that you will have to go through. So just like people who have lost a loved one, uh, you need to go through a grieving process. We all do. The following tips can help you cope with the sense of grief, heal from the trauma, and move on with your life. So what are these things that we're going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Trauma recovery tip number one, get moving, get moving. One of the things that you can do is you can try to exercise for 30 minutes or more on most days, or if it's easier, three 10-minute spurts of exercise per day are just as good. So you have to get your body moving. You have to to, um, allow yourself to, to discipline yourself to get moving. You want to also add what we call a mindfulness element or meditation. Instead of focusing your thoughts um, on or distracting yourself while you are exercising, excuse me, let me say that again. Instead of focusing on your thoughts or distracting yourself while you exercise, really begin to focus on your body and how 
it feels as you move. How does it feel as you move? See, when we talk about get moving, exercise that is rhythmic and engages both your arms and your legs, such as walking, running, swimming, basketball, or even dancing works best. Now, what you want to do is you want to begin to notice the sensation of your feet hitting the ground. For example, or the rhythm of your breathing or the feeling of the wind on your skin. (laughs) Some exercises such as rock climbing, uh, boxing, weight training, or martial arts can also make this easier. After all, what you need to do is to focus on your body movements during these activities in order to avoid injury. So one of the reasons why we say to get moving is because trauma literally disrupts your body's natural equilibrium. It freezes you in a state of hyper arousal and fear. So as well as burning off adrenaline and releasing endorphins, exercise and movement can actually help repair your nervous system. Repair your nervous system. So try again to exercise, try it, that 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, commit to it. If you have to break it down, um, I talked last week in Stop the Stress about chunking your time. Um, Exercise is one of the things that you can do as well, is to chunk your time. If you can't do 30 consecutive minutes, then at least try to break it down or chunk it down into 10-minute increments so that you can get your body moving. And one of the most powerful things that you can really do is learn to be mindful of your body. Learn to be aware of when you have encountered a stressful moment or when you have been triggered by something from a memory from the past because your body is going to tell you. Your body is going to to respond. It is going to respond to the trigger. Now, tip number two. Tip number two, don't isolate. Don't isolate. You don't have to talk about the trauma. Connecting with others doesn't have to involve talking about the trauma. In fact, for some people, that can just make things worse. Comfort comes from feeling engaged and accepted by others. Comfort comes from feeling engaged and accepted by others. You want to ask for support. While you don't have to talk about the trauma itself, it is important to have someone that you can share your feelings with, from whether it's face-to-face, someone who is going to listen to you attentively without judging you. You can turn to a trusted family member, a friend, a counselor, or even uh, a, a clergyman, your pastor. But find someone that you can share your feelings with so that it keeps you out of that place and out of that state of isolation. You want to participate in social activities, even if you don't feel like it. Do normal activities with other people, um, activities that have nothing to do with the traumatic experience. Okay, this helps us to move past. It helps us to begin to get into this state and this place of healing the trauma. 
You also want to um, reconnect with old friends. If you've retreated from relationships that were once important to you, make the effort to reconnect. Make the effort to reconnect. You also want to try to join a support group for trauma survivors. Connecting with others who are facing the same problems can help reduce your sense of isolation and hearing how others cope can also help to inspire you in your own recovery. Another tip is to volunteer. Volunteer. We're talking about not isolating ourselves. Volunteer. As well as helping others, volunteering can be a great way to challenge the sense of helplessness that often accompanies trauma. Remind yourself of your strengths and reclaim your sense of power by helping others. Again, not only do, does, uh, do other people have to acknowledge the strength within, you also as, a, as someone that is overcoming trauma, you also have to acknowledge the strength uh, within your own self. Finally, in this category, we want to make new friends. Make new friends. If you live alone or if you live far away from family and friends, it is important that you reach out and make new friends. You can do this by taking a class, uh, join a club that meet people where you can meet people that have similar interests to you, um, connect to an alumni association, or you can just reach out to neighbors or sometimes even your work colleagues. But you don't want to isolate. You don't want to isolate. Now, if connecting to others is difficult, what do you do then? What do you do? What do you do? Many people who have experienced trauma feel, they just feel so disconnected. They feel withdrawn and they just literally find it difficult to connect with other people. If that describes you, there are some actions that you can take before you meet next with a friend. One of these things is to, again, exercise or move. Get moving. Jump up and down. Swing your arms, your legs, get your body moving. Get your body moving. What you will notice is that your head is going to feel clear and you're going to find it easier to connect. Now, another tip is vocal toning. Vocal toning. And as strange as it sounds, vocal toning is a great way to open up social engagement. So if you sit straight up and simply make a, the M's, the mmm sound. Change your pitch and your volume until you begin to experience a pleasant vibration in your face. This is something I know that may sound weird to others. But vocal toning, humming, changing the pitch, changing the volume of of your voice um, until your face begins to vibrate. If If you did it with me, did you not feel your face vibrating? That does something to the body. It does something to the motions. It literally begins to open things up. Now, let's move on to tip number three. Tip three. Tip three, 
Self-regulate your nervous system. Self-regulate your nervous system. No matter how agitated, anxious, or out of control you feel, it's important to know that you can change your arousal system and calm yourself. Not only will it help relieve the anxiety associated with trauma, but it will also engender a greater sense of control. Mindful breathing, mindful breathing. We're talking about self-regulating our nervous system. If you feel disoriented, confused, or upset, practicing mindful breathing is a quick way to calm yourself. Simply take 60 breaths, focusing your attention on each out breath. Again, this was one of the tips that we talked about even on last week in our Stop the Stress webinar. So let's take a moment and let's do um, some, uh, some, some breaths. Focus on blowing out. Focus on when you are exhaling. And I'll tell us when we're going to stop. We're not going to do the 60. We're not going to do the 60 breaths. But we can do 10. How about that? So inhale. stop there. Mindful breathing. Mindful breathing. You always want to remember to focus on your out breath when you are exhaling. Focus on that. Now, sensory input. Does a specific sight, smell, or taste quickly make you feel calm? or maybe petting an animal or listening to music works to quickly soothe you, everyone responds to sensory input a little different. So experiment with different quick stress relief techniques to find out what works best for you. Staying grounded. To feel in the present and more grounded, sit on a chair. Feel your feet on the ground and your back against a chair. Look around you, pick six objects that have, say, like a, a different color in them, red or blue or brown, whatever you may have in your current um, environment. And then notice how your breathing gets deeper and calmer. Also, you want to allow yourself to feel what you feel when you feel it. Allow yourself to feel what you feel 
when you feel it. Acknowledge your feelings about the trauma as they arise and accept them. These are all tools that you can use when healing from emotional trauma. Tip number four, you want to take care of your health. Take care of your health. It is so true that having a healthy body can easily um, increase your ability to cope with the stress of trauma. Get plenty of sleep, plenty of sleep. After a traumatic experience, worry or fear may disturb your sleep patterns, but a lack of quality sleep can exasperate your trauma symptoms and make it harder to maintain your emotional balance. So you want to make sure that you are going to sleep, setting a, a, a routine, going to sleep at the same time each day and begin to aim for seven to nine hours of sleep each night. We know that the body heals itself when it is in a state of rest. Okay, the body heals itself when it is in a state of rest. So focusing on setting a a bedtime routine, the same time um, every, every night and aiming to get seven to nine hours of sleep. And Lord help me, I need help with that one because I do not get seven hours of sleep. So we're all going to work better on that, right? Right. Now, you also want to avoid alcohol and drugs. This can worsen your trauma symptoms and increase depression, anxiety, and isolation. Alcohol, drugs, anything that is altering your mind, Okay, altering your body, altering how you respond. They worsen your trauma symptoms and they're going to increase the feelings of depression, anxiety, and isolation. Now, you want to eat a well-balanced diet. Eating small, well-balanced meals throughout the day will help you keep your energy up and minimize mood swings. Avoid sugary and fried foods and eat plenty of omega-3 fats such as salmon, walnuts, soybeans, and flax seeds to give your mood a boost. I am a believer that if you give the body what it needs, the body will heal itself. When we give the body the proper nutrition and you know we know we already know the condition of the foods that we are eating nowadays, you have to sometimes supplement. Sometimes we have to supplement, but try to be um, all natural as possible, okay? Now, reduce stress. Reduce stress. Try relaxation techniques, such as meditation, um, deep breathing exercises. Schedule time for activities that bring you joy, such as your favorite hobbies. What is your hobby? What is it that you like to do? What is it that helps you to relieve uh, the stress that you are feeling? Those are the things that you want to schedule time to do. Make time to do. Now, I usually try to keep our our podcast to around um, 40 minutes. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit um, a couple of more points And then 
we are going to finish up uh, with the part two on this. Um, we'll, we'll go next week into soul care. So I'm going to finish up these last few points that I have and uh, we will come back and do a part two. Um, I, I, I really didn't think that I would get through with it on tonight, but um, I made a good effort. Now, when to seek professional therapy for trauma. You want to seek uh, help for trauma if you're having trouble functioning at home or work, if you are suffering from fear, anxiety, or depression, if you are unable to form close, uh, satisfying relationships, um, experiencing terrifying memories, nightmares, or flashbacks, avoiding more and more anything that reminds you of the trauma, um, emotionally numb and disconnected from others, using alcohol or drugs to feel better. Um, we have to understand that recovering from trauma, that it takes time and everyone heals at their own pace. But if months have passed and your symptoms aren't letting up, this is a very clear indication that you may need professional help from a trauma expert, okay? From a trauma expert. Working through trauma can be painful, it can be scary, um, it can be potentially even re-traumatizing. So this is, uh, this healing work is best undertaking with the help of an experienced trauma specialist. Finding the right therapist may also take time. You have to find the one that you really feel comfortable with and, and you will know it. You will know it when you meet the right one. Um, the quality, um, it's important that the therapist that you choose has experience treating trauma. What are their credentials? Um, what is their history? Um, the quality of the relationship that you have with your therapist is also equally important. It's equally important. So you want to make sure that you are choosing a trauma specialist that you feel comfortable with. And if you don't feel safe, respected, or understood, find another therapist. Find another therapist. These are some questions that you should ask yourself. Some questions that you should ask yourself. Did you feel comfortable discussing your problems with the therapist? Did you feel like the therapist understood what you were talking about? Were your concerns taken seriously or were they minimized or dismissed? Were you treated with compassion and respect? Do you believe that you could grow to trust the therapist? These are very, very important questions that you should ask yourself when you begin any type of therapy. Now, again, how do you help a loved one? This is very critical. This is very critical. How do you help a loved one deal with trauma? How do you help a loved one deal with trauma? When a loved one has suffered trauma, your support can play a crucial role in their recovery. You have to be patient and understanding. Healing from trauma, it takes time. So you have to be patient with the pace of recovery and remember that everyone's response to trauma is different. So don't judge them. 
Don't judge their reactions um, against your own responses or really anyone else's. You want to offer practical support to help your loved one to get back into a normal routine. That may mean helping with um, collecting groceries or doing housework, just for example, or simply being available to talk and listen. Don't pressure your loved one into talking, but be available if they want to talk. Some trauma survivors find it very difficult to talk about what has happened to them. So don't force your loved ones to open up, but let them know that you are there to listen if they want to talk or you're available simply to just hang out, even if they don't. Don't put pressure on your loved ones into talking, but be available. Again, encourage them to participate in exercise or in any type of um, physical uh, movement. Um, Encourage them to seek out friends or to pursue hobbies and other activities that bring them pleasure. Take a fitness class together, or you can even set a a regular lunch date with some friends. But don't take the trauma symptoms personally. Remember, we talked about the difference between the emotional symptoms and the psychological symptoms. Don't take the symptoms personally. Your loved one may become angry, irritable, withdrawn, or emotionally distant. But remember that this is a result of the trauma and it may have nothing to do with you or your relationship. Now to end this out on tonight, I want to talk a little bit about how do children react to emotional and psychological trauma. How children react to emotional and psychological trauma. To help a child recover from trauma, it's important to communicate openly. You have to let them know that it's normal to feel scared or upset. Your child may also look to you for cues on how they should respond to trauma, so let them see you dealing with your symptoms in a positive way. Some common reactions to trauma and ways to help your child deal with them are regression, Regression. Many children need to return to an earlier stage where they felt safer. Younger children may wet the bed or want a bottle. Older children may fear being alone. It is important to be understanding, patient, and comforting if your child responds in this way. Thinking the event is their fault. Many children especially those that are younger than eight, tend to think that if something goes wrong, that it must be their fault. Be sure that your child knows and understands that he or she did not cause the event. Sleep disorders. Some children have difficulty falling asleep. Others awake frequently or have troubling dreams. Give your child a stuffed animal or a soft blanket or a flashlight to take to bed. Also try spending that extra time together in the evening doing quiet activities or even reading. Be patient. I cannot stress that enough. Be patient. It may take a while before your child can sleep through the night again. Sometimes they will feel helpless. 
um, being active in a com- campaign to prevent an event from happening again. You can do things such as uh, writing thank you letters to people who have helped and, and caring for those um, for others can also help to bring a sense of hope and control to everyone in the family. So I want to, I'm going to stop here because we'll have a whole nother section uh, to go through, but that needed to lay a foundation um, to, to, uh, to talk about the uh, principles of trauma-informed care before we can even get to talking about the wisdom keys. I needed to really lay a foundation on, on tonight um, for what we are going to talk about on next week. I pray that something that I have said has been um, an encouragement to you, that it has given you some knowledge and enlightenment um, to those that may be in um, uh, your family uh, or even those of you that may be um, dealing with um, some emotional trauma, some things that have happened in your in your past. I pray that there has been some keys that um, you would be able to take away on tonight. I want to quickly just review our trauma-informed care principles. These are the principles for trauma-informed care. Number one is safety. Number two is transparency and trustworthiness. Number three is choice. Number four is collaboration and mutuality. And number five is empowerment. Empowerment. So we are going to um, to end our podcast on, on tonight. Again, I want you to meet me back here on next Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are going to go into what is soul care. What is soul care? And uh, we're, we're going to, um, to, to talk about um, the care of the soul of an individual that um, receives deliverance. Um, we're going to look at the Word of God um, as our foundation. And we are going to talk about the care of the mind, the body, and the soul of the individual. So I just thank you for for tuning in on tonight. I'm going to just end with a word of prayer. Word of prayer. Father, we just bless you. We thank you and we honor you, oh God, just for this time, Lord, that we have spent on this evening um, opening up um, and laying a foundation for the seven wisdom keys of soul care. I pray, Father God, Lord, for those, Lord, that are are dealing, Father God, with with trauma, um, emotional duress in their lives, oh God, um, that you would begin to minister to them, oh God, that you would send people into their lives, Father God, to help walk walk them through their process. I pray, Father God, for those that have family members, Lord, that that are 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 stuck, Father God, in this hyper arousal state, oh God, of trauma, Lord, that they would receive, Father God, wisdom and insight, Father God, to be patient with their loved one during the process, oh God, to create, Father, a safe place, oh God, a safe place, Father God, of of listening, oh God, a safe place, Father God, where where their loved one, Father, can begin to open up 
love and to share, Father God, what is on their heart, oh God. And Lord, I just pray, Father God, Lord, that we as the body of Christ, Lord, that, that we would uh, that we would take it seriously, oh God, of getting ourselves, Father God, educated, educated in the area of, of, of trauma, being trauma-informed, educated, Father God, and, and knowledgeable, oh God, in the area of mental health, oh God, and our emotional wellness and, and how it impacts, Father God, our, our, our mental health and our emotional health and even our spiritual health and and even our physical health, oh God, of our bodies. I thank you, Father God, Lord, for those, Lord, counselors that are arising in in the earth on today. Those, Father God, that are plowing, Father God, their field, Lord, um, in in this area, Father God, of mental health, Lord, and deliverance, oh God. I thank you, Father God, Lord, that we will not shy away from deliverance, oh God. I thank you, Father God, Lord, that you have calling together for the two to come together, oh God, to create a system, oh God, for your people, oh God, to walk, oh God, not only in healing, oh God, but to walk in wholeness because you came, Lord, to set the captives free, Lord, and to bring us, Father God, to being whole, oh God. So we thank you, Father God, for the healing process. We thank you, Father God, for the journey, oh God, that we have to go through, oh God. We thank you, Father God, for the discipline, Lord, that we will take, oh God, in order to walk in wholeness, oh God. And we just honor you, oh God, just for your grace and for your mercy, oh God, that you have given us, oh God. Hallelujah. Through your word, oh God, and through those, Lord, that have the spirit of counsel, oh God, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wisdom, oh God, that as it is arising, Father God, in this area of mental health and emotional health, oh God, Lord, that we would be, oh God, those, Lord, with the keys, Father God, to set your people free. And so we just bless you and we thank you. We honor you, oh God, for this time that we have spent together. And we look forward, Father, to what you shall speak to us on next Tuesday evening. We bless you, we praise you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. I will catch you on the airways on next Tuesday evening at eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would have, um, if you would like to um, to to ask a question, um, if my uh, moderator is still on, if she would just type in the the email address um, for those that have questions on anything um, that they heard on tonight. Um, if you have a question um, about a particular um, situation that you may be dealing with and you would like for me to address it on next week's podcast, um, please um, uh, to uh, give us your, uh, your email address. Um, you can email us. I think I can type it in here on my end here. You can feel free to reach out to us and send us a message and we will definitely get back with you. We will get back with you. So again, join me on next week as we are going to talk about soul care and deliverance. Soul care and deliverance. Thank you, uh, Mish. Thank you so much. God bless you all. You all have a great rest of your evening and have a happy Thanksgiving. I pray that your time with your families, that it would be a blessed one, that you would just enjoy love and fellowship um, as you gather together to break bread. Alrighty. God bless you all. Bye-bye.